Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Movie of the Year, a podcast that tries to figure out through science and screaming what is the single greatest movie of any given year. The year in question is 1985. The genre in question, the first time I've ever had to say that, is horror. That's right. We are trying to figure out what is the single greatest horror movie of 1985, and this is it. This is the final episode of that season. Tompkins, we're here. We've done it. We did it. We made it to the end, which, of course, means we're about to have Big Scary Pop-Out Surprise. Oh, yeah. No, it's about to get crazy in here. Like, at any point, I could just be like, boo! You thought I was dead <laughs> ah, ah! in the second episode, but I'm back now, bitches. <laughs> oh, my God. Microvanio 5, a new beginning. It is. How will this be different? Do you want this burrito and or this bucket of chicken? <laughs> So wait, you're coming back as Demon? Yeah, that's who I look up to out of all our eight movies. Do you know, uh, they say any good bonus uh, season, uh, as this is a bonus 85, should go eight weeks longer than their real season that people cared about. So I commend you guys. Oh, I'm so glad that Mike, you can come on and just give shit for literally no reason. That's awesome. I'm sorry that we actually take our time to make these episodes good. Well, obviously we don't because we invited Mike onto this episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's hurtful. Now, before <laughs> we get going, um, this is a. Uh, I I did say that this is going to be a uh, a potluck, and we each brought a dish. Or I'm sorry, a, a horror based potluck would be like a spook spooky spooky. This is a spooky potluck. Uh, we all brought a dish based on one of the movies that we're talking about tonight. Mike, tell us about what you brought. I brought a gelatin mold of brains, a real thing I owned as a child. I have kept it, have made it. Eat this jello, you gross fucks. It's just brains, so we're going to eat brains. No, it's jello have... that looks like brains, even worse than eating real human brains. Jello sucks. That sounds delicious. And that's based on which movie? Uh, I'm going to say Return of the Living Dead, when everybody groans brains the whole damn time. Uh, I know I eat dessert to stop the pain of living, just like they eat brains to stop the pain of death, so I get it. Yeah, Jello is the most sidestep of dessert. Like, good news, you have dessert. <laughs> Bad news, it's fucking Jello. I'd rather eat more leafy greens. Fuck that. Uh, Tompkins, that uh, a terrible thing to bring to a spooky potluck. What did you bring? I brought cups. I think usually there's not enough cups. <laughs> Ooh, what is that based what on? What will we drink? <laughs> what movie? Um, is it Pitch Perfect? Yeah, from Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Good. I'm I'm so glad you read the entirety of the email and really nailed the assignment. <laughs> it is going to be a long way home. <laughs> you brought cups from Pitch Perfect. Awesome. I, Thank you. I do good, right? Um, I brought, what I did was basically I uh, made a lot of buffalo wings and then I pulled off all the skins and then I put all the skins together and then put them all on a stick. There's only one and we're each going to lick from the stick at the same time. Just to, just the, the skins of buffalo. And I think that's Freddy Krueger's face is what I was doing there. <laughs> ah, yes. I, oh. was, I was thinking of making corpse soup. I do have a pocket full of The hit maggots. movie Phenomena? Yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That, that wasn't for the potluck. That's just the thing I have sometimes, so. <laughs> but I'll share. And by maggots, you mean the people who voted for Donald Trump? Yeah, and the people who love Slipknot. <laughs> That's what That's they call it. their fans. 
That's a circle of a Venn diagram, yeah? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, good. So we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we're going to fucking eat this jello and lick this buffalo wing skin and drink out of cups. And when I'm we come eat back, the cup. He, it, Tom gets made the cups. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do the biggest award of the night best horror scene. Mike. Did the did the year at least deliver on the set pieces, even if the movies didn't totally work? And I do not mention anything specifically because they might get nominated. You're going to ruin the fucking surprise. Okay, but, so in general, without digging the specifics of keep what it did to the, a yes or no answer. Yeah, it's a podcast, Mike. Yes or no? Yes. Next question. <laughs> did you not think that they did it? No. Next question. Tompkins, uh, do you like? Do you think that this is going to be an award where maybe five? nominees aren't nominated like is there enough here to like make an award or was it kind of a bullshit year for that uh no there's definitely going to be i mean uh, from between uh day of the dead and return of the living dead like, he's doing it he's mentioning movies is that allowed ryan yeah no i said specific set pieces mike yeah. he's mentioned uh, we all know the eight movies but we don't know the specific set pieces so yeah, yeah, there, there's like a good three or four from each of those that that could be nominated so there's definitely going to be some 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 people who unfortunately yeah. miss out and i think there's six films that had solid set pieces yeah what are the two that didn't the fucking franchise films really blew it yeah nightmare no way Friday dude nightmare had, had no no i think nightmare had a, like some good ones where the, yeah. the guy was like uh this isn't nominated so we can talk about it uh nightmare uh where the guy was turning into freddy but it was like there was a hole in his head, and then they looked into the hole, and there was like a tiny head there going like, hello. <laughs> okay. Hello, Seven me, films Freddy. had set pieces. All right. Let's get to the nominees. Mike, the first nominee is from Day of the Dead. It's the dude getting ripped apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was... that. Talk about Jello. That guy, just so fucking gooey <laughs> and, and real horror we, there. Like, We're not fucking here to promote your new podcast, Talk About Jello. Talk, right? yeah, you guys don't want to talk about Jello? We're going to try every flavor and watch me get a headache every time because that's just what happens when I eat Jell-O. Um, green lime is the best. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's so weird that it's slow. It shouldn't be scary, but it was so gory that it fucking made up for it. I, I mean, like so many of these things, uh, because they're practical effects, you try not to be that 2020 very smart, very awesome, very opinionated, cool guy that can like see the strings, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That one I couldn't, man. No, it really did look they like they fucking somebody. tore it to the one is definitely dead. That <laughs> fucking bunker. Uh, Tom, because the next somebody is uh, from Fright Night. It's the final battle in the house where everyone just pulls out all of their special moves and tries to kill Chris Sarandon. Yeah. Um, yeah, as a full set piece, I think that this one definitely is is a strong contender because they really, they really go through the paces, you know? Yeah, that this is when uh is it Amy? Is Amy the girlfriend? Yes. Amanda Burst. So there's like a secondary bad guy, and then if you're when it starts, you're going back to like his handyman who's run up the stairs a few times. Like there's just so many uh different video game bosses you have to get to before you can get Chris Sarandon. Yeah, there's and that one guy, that was never explained, right? He's like the helper. I, he's I the thought he was uh, a normal dude. The Renfield? The yeah. Renfield of the movie, but he's just some dude. But then he melts die. at one point. 
I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Mike, the next nominee is from Reanimator. It's Dr. Hill versus uh, the gang, all of the heroes. And I, I think that I would describe this part as where we think that we're going to win, but then the bad guy, Dr. Hill, snaps his fingers, and then all of the zombies <laughs> yeah. get up in unison, and there's like this dance fucking crazy kill party. Yeah, I don't know why the other guy even invented the serum to let one zombie be king zombie to control all the other zombies. That's a crazy fucking Certainly flaw a flaw in, in the formula, yeah. Um, also, I assume that this Well, includes... he uses telepathy to make them all come alive at the same time. I, this includes the uh, intestine strangling, right? It goes up to that. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. That alone. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool way to kill somebody. Yeah. I believe this is where John McClane came in, wrapped the intestine around his uh, waist, and then jumped off the building as it exploded. <laughs> Classic. Tompkins, your next nominee. And actually, we had some words about this. Yes. I, I think that we thought differently about this scene is Herbert and Dan versus the cat from Reanimator. Well, yeah. I mean,. This one's tough to 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 place, I guess. It, it it's a very funny scene. Um, I don't know, but it also because you get you get the first like hint at something in the beginning, uh, in Germany or wherever Herbert was at first, and then this scene, like it is skit. Look at Dan's face, like it. I'm living with this freak already, and then this is happening. My cat, like I, I think it it this walks that line of horror comedy so well. I agree. I think it's spectacular. Cat I would say like Mona real. Lisa, this, and then P.O.D. Cat don't. Mike, the final nominee is from Return of the Living Dead. It's Tarman. Abe Tarman versus the punks. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to, to boldly this early in zombies be like, you know what? What if they didn't just look like gray people? I'm going to do something crazy and never explain it. And he's like, King Zombie. It looks like he should be able to control the zombies with his thoughts. Uh I loved this guy, this animatronic weird thing that yeah. they created. It's genuinely I, like, creepy looking. They do it. Yeah. I, it's it's a little, like, we see him a lot, but it's still a little Jaws level of, like, I want to see him more. Show him more, <laughs> yeah. dude. He's so weird to look at. Can he be the hero of the next one? <laughs> Tarman, the ape man. Uh, so your nominees, gentlemen, are Dude Ripped Apart from Day of the Dead, The Final Battle from Fright Night, Dr. Hill versus the Gang from Reanimator, uh, Herbert and Dan versus the cat from Reanimator, and Tarman versus the punks from Return of the Living Dead. Gentlemen, who's going to take this down? Man, get rip but apart. A, 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 and the yeah, frickin- rip apart, man. Yeah. Seems like a good one. <laughs> All right. And the winner is... Oh, he's ripping that envelope apart. Like a dude, like the winner, it's clearly dude ripped apart from Day of the Dead. This is the most iconic thing from the entire season, yeah? Yeah. And, oh, and well-deserved. Yes. It's the most iconic thing from both seasons. Of... <laughs> Of the 1985 horror. No, I'm saying and, name name one thing from regular 1985 Moody that compete against Man Rip the Apart. Burning down of that house. No. Ron. Yeah. No. When the Breakfast Club no. and the Goonies all ran into the Ron Castle and burned it down. <laughs> Burning down. Okay, that I had forgotten about. That is a strong. That's 85 as fuck. <laughs> uh, let's go right into it, gentlemen. Your uh, This is battle two. Your number one seed is Reanimator. Your number four seed is Fright Night. Oh, what? No. I know. This is when it gets rough. <sighs> These two films. Is this the final two in your guys' head? Mm, no. No, I, I honestly, like, it. it's... I am as in much suspense as I'm sure our listeners are in right now. I have no clue how this is going to play out. 
Can you just pretend like that we have an audience and you're a professional? Do you have to make Can fun of it, them all the time? <laughs> pretend like you're not cousin it, you shaggy headed fuck. Why? My hair looks yeah. nice. I wish this was a video podcast. <laughs> Me too. Except that you're here. Come on. All right, let's talk about these movies. Fright Night. So good. Um I I I think that I think that Fright Night wins. Uh and I and I want to make an argument for that because I know that Reanimator is such a favor. I I acknowledge Reanimator's charm. I accept it. I accept that I'm a big dumb idiot who watched it the wrong way and that I watch everything the wrong way and I've never done anything right my whole freaking life. Uh You watch it upside down. Yes. <laughs> um, upside down on your phone while you're pooping. Yeah. And um well I was so I was in the theater well, watching poop upside down? Tenet the right way. Um but I was watching this the wrong way on my cell phone while I did that. Um so I I, I, I love and I respect Reanimator. I take back all the mean stuff I said about it and about how um people only like it because they saw it when they were yeah, ten. He's full of shit. Um, Fright Night has so much authentic charm and it has so much like authentic real uh, spoopiness and um it's just like it's it's so memorable to me uh it's it's I, I think it has I think it's an, an iconic movie um and I I I, I advocate for I, it I probably would have leaned towards Fright Night but how defensive and scared he sounds it was really making me rethink the 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 boons that reanimator gave us i would watch herbert and dan's sitcom i wish that was part of tgif just like little 22 minute chunks of reanimator and their different adventures through horror landscapes uh yeah i know like sorry i was gonna say that the, the friendship that they built i i think it doesn't focus too much on it but i think really nails what they both bring to it yeah, and like at a certain point, and Mike, you and I can stare each other right in the eyes when I say this. Uh, at a certain point, you just have to say, "Well, this is the friendship I have," and <laughs> you know, everybody brings skill sets to the table, and that's just it. But uh, I, I bet you and I both think one of us is Herbert and the other is Dan. It would be furious if <laughs> yeah, we revealed yeah. who's what. <laughs> okay, so actually, the way that I think of it is, uh, I am uh, the doctor. I'm Doctor Hill, and you're the head in my hands. Yes. <laughs> hey, is that romantic? That's fine. I get to go down on stuff. Uh, I know this is going to sound like me contradicting myself from last week's episode, but I don't know. It's bracket time, and sometimes you have to like do this shit. Uh, Fright Night. I I said that Fright Night was awesome because of all the ideas, but. When you're comparing it to something like Reanimator, I think that this is why it kind of falls short. Is that Reanimator is this really? It's it's actually a really tight, as far as script and tone kind of thing, where it sets out to do something and then does it. Whereas Fright Night, and again, I just complimented it last week about this. <laughs> uh, is is a little bit more flailing. It's a little bit more. Uh, well, let's throw this in and let's throw this in. And even even with the unexplained telepathy. Mm. Shut the fuck up, Mike. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> can you can you tell what I'm telepathically saying to you right now? Yeah, shut the fuck up. I I got a little bit of that too. Um, I I think like I also think that the 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 Roddy McDowell character in Fright Night is just really cool and um, like the the 
gentle meta-ness of that i really appreciated and especially again like the movies we liked the least in this were all like overdone slashers and stuff like that and if you're talking about what makes a movie you know we do have to take into account the 1985-ness of this i think and the fact that this is a movie that is so actively commenting on the state of horror and doing so i think really well Mm. Uh, i had to argue I think I think that that's yeah I think that's a point. Well, I mean, sure. uh, like, it, I, but I think it's hard to say. I think it's hard to bring in the 1985ness as a compliment into this conversation and not have Reanimator just even be better. Like, it's as cheesy as all the as all of these other movies in ways that it was out of its control, and then also in ways that it was in its control. Yeah, you know? they like, fully knew what snapping two pencils would do. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Not one, not three. Make Ryan never shut up about it. I want to say that the boldness of... uh, You don't get a lot of twists on Dr. Frankenstein. If you do, people are still just screaming Dr. Frankenstein. And for them to be like, what if we did a Mad Scientist movie that was fully about that and we didn't just yell it the whole time? Uh, I enjoy that. Why why is that not a subgenre of horror? Or a prequel. You know, that's what it feels like. Is that like when we meet Richard Liberty... uh, the doctor in uh, Day of the Dead, he is, he's already old and crazy, just like all other Dr. Frankensteins are. This is something of I, th- a I feel like Frankenstein. That, yeah, I feel like Jeffrey Combs gave us like the first serious, not like some joke around comedy like Young Frankenstein, yeah, but the some first stupid bullshit. <laughs> some, some dumbass thing that nobody gives a shit about. Uh, <laughs> oh, gave us the first, uh, like, actually, you know, mad scientists, when they were younger than that, they weren't normal. Yeah. Either, you know, like they were also very they fucked also up and people normal, were like, yeah, you know what? Come on, come on in. Normal come on, be a, a, be a cat, like be I here. Think. That that is a good call. Normal was a cat. <laughs> Let's we forget. <laughs> Never forget. Normal was a cat. Normal is my 9/11. All right. <laughs> it's Garfield's 9/11. I mean, my god. You can't just say things that are mildly annoying are people's nine eleven. <laughs> no, I was pretty mildly annoyed. Well, that day. he's always, isn't it? He's always trying to um, ship Nermal to, isn't it Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I think he's always trying to ship him to Saudi Arabia. No, I'm serious. He's always trying to like ship. The, that's like a recurring gag in Garfield. Maybe it's not Saudi Arabia, but I feel like it is a Middle Eastern country that he is. I'm sorry that I pretended that you were joking. <laughs> and I didn't know enough about the Garfield lore that that's an actual thing. That Tompkins, I have to go to a vote. Okay, um, I'm going to go to you first. Is it Fright Night or is it Reanimator? With all due respect, you I, motherfucker, I must submit my vote to the Fright Night. And I am going to save Reanimator. This kid knows drama because I'm most on the balance beam here. Well, who knows why I do things? I, I. But if you fuck this up, I'm sending you right to Saudi Arabia. I thoroughly enjoyed both of these films. Um, would watch them both again. I think if you're seeing what made the template of other movies and moved on, what was more influential, I, I think it's got to go Fright Night. What the fuck? This whole thing, this whole thing is now under protest by not just me but all of our listeners. I. Uh, Tompkins, just so everybody knows, is dancing like the fat kid from the Super Nintendo game Micro Machines. I think his name is Walter, and this is how he celebrated. And no, I think that's a fine reference to bring up right now. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's certainly not worse than normal. <laughs> All right, so Reanimator moves on. No? 
moves on Mike, to the I'm garbage. The here. Reanimator moves well, on to no, the garbage. Reanimator is a good movie. You're just both wrong in different ways. Fright Night, is, Fright Night is in the Elite 2. The Terrible 2s. Right, when we come back, we're going to give out two more awards and kick another movie out. The next award, gentlemen, is On Screen Duo. This is where two people hang out. And it doesn't have to be romantically, but it can be. Mike, when you're, if you're in a movie, when you're looking for somebody who is your duo, the second to you, what are you looking for? What do I look for? He looks for second? Tompkins. No. Oh. I like to be comfortable and not always on edge because somebody might say something funny or the most devastating thing I've ever heard about a thing I didn't even know I was sensitive about. So you can probably take not it. No, you can take it. Come on. I think that Tompkins feels like you're being redundant right now. <laughs> when you say funny or devastating, <laughs> Tompkins is like, yeah. Why would you so say the, the only type of speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think like none of these movies really had like a fun will they won't they necessarily, which is what you want in a romantic duo on screen. So you want to like have them be able to bounce off of each other, right? Like what what how close is it to Screwball? Like are they, how close is it, are they on a train trying to make that report in time? That's the more I want. That you want his girl Friday? Yes. Okay, Tompkins, <laughs> uh, what are you what are you looking for in your uh, your your partner, your on screen partner? Uh, I think you want a lot of opposites attract and you want a lot of, um, you know, you want, uh, one, one half of the duo's flaws to feed into the other's strengths, I think. Um, and, and vice versa. I also think you want, uh, especially in a horror movie, a healthy dose of the jealousy. So you want them to be foils. And by that, I mean, first outer inner last. Yes, I agree. Um, Tom Kids, like we're going to start PEMDAS? the first nominee for uh, on-screen duo. It's a lot like Pam Doss, yes. The first nominee for uh, on-screen duo, Tompkins, is Charlie and Evil Ed from Fright Night, a couple that we have talked about a lot tonight as maybe not even being friends. Yeah, but uh, because we're talking about duos and uh, it's not best friends or Mike and I. Friendos. Um, it's best on-screen duos. And they they do play off each other uh, pretty well, like especially as, you know, we talked about they're both kind of like high school losers who are like not necessarily even friends with each other. And so that whole like, I will gladly climb over your corpse just mm-hmm. to be like not worst. I think there's a lot of that vibe going on. It's not just that, though. It's that Charlie looks down on Ed for fully being a loser and Ed looks down on Charlie for wishing he wasn't a loser. And yeah. so, like, they navigate high school in different ways and the world in different ways, and that's very fucking interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Not, like, Reanimator interesting, but I guess it's an okay movie. Your next nominee is oh, from Reanimator. shit all over them as they're nominated for awards? Uh, you've never seen Pouty Ryan before? <laughs> all right. You're gonna, you guys are about to become my least favorite on-screen duo if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is just a room of three evil eds. Come on. <laughs> More like crying. Oh, that's good. Uh, Any Crying Whaley. Christ. Go ahead. <laughs> the third. Comes All right. Your next nominee is from Reanimator. It's, it's Dr. Hill and his head. 
Yeah, oh. I mean, you want you want a duo to almost be like ballet dancers, just moving oh, so I mean. perfectly and flawlessly <laughs> together, <laughs> and Dr. Hill and his head truly do that. Yes, in a timeless dance. Um, and also, I mean, you talk about duos completing each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, headless body. My name is Bodiless Head. Should we hang out? And Let's you have friends. a pan full of blood. Please put me in that, because yeah. that will keep me alive, So that my neck can... Slurp up the blood. Because we know that it was practical effects. We know that it was uh, the actor David Gale, I think. uh, The life of David Gale, who played uh, the head of Dr. Hill. And then somebody else's body came in and had to do it. How much, like studying do you think that that guy did to like get the exact moves of dr hill's body down years years, years of work they, they, they were, had to be roommate for two years leading up to yeah. the filming of this film yeah they started filming right <laughs> they're not afraid they started feeling reanimator in uh 1978 <laughs> oh I'm sorry, Tom. Did you just get the name Reanimator confused with Fright Night? Did you in the last round? Did you go to vote for Reanimator, but you accidentally said Fright Night? I was confusing Reanimator for a moment for the movie that um, rightly knocked it off. Day of the Dead is the next that, nominee. Uh, nuggets did. Tompkins, Day of the Dead <laughs> is the next nominee, and it's Doctor Logan and Bub. Uh, yeah. Is this the true romance of the 1985 yeah, horror season? Absolutely, a, a real mentorship, a real like. If if you have daddy issues at all, you're gonna love this Zombie. relationship. Meet daddy. You're either a Doctor Logan or you're a bub. And when you have a zombie and a daddy and they get together, what do you have? A zaddy. Zaddy. Did we talk? About, did we ever talk about the fact that Wolverine always calls people bub and his name is Logan? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Chris Claremont just a huge Day of the Dead fan. It's it's possible, and he does uh, often try to put Walkmans on people's ears. Yeah, and also if you show him a book, he will get like kind of angry and confused, <laughs> the same way that Mike often does. Well, they're bullshit, and I don't believe they lie. <laughs> Why does it got all them little marks in it, uh, Mike? The next that should from- be for drawing. It's from Fright Night. Oh, I'm sorry, Reanimator. Apparently, I get those movie names confused, just like the two of you. It's uh, Herbert and Dan from Reanimator. Yeah, it really does feel like I don't know, like bosom buddies or any like or uh, Felix and what's the messy guy Oscar? Oscar. Like, like this is the horror version of this. The, here's these two opposites attract, but they could just work together well. It's yeah, I fucking love Dan and Herbert together. Is it improper? To say booby buddies? Because well, bosom is too old-fashioned? Yeah. Can we well, Why not titty that? buddies? Titty buddies? Titty why not buddies? titty friends? I think it's tit-tots. Yeah. tots means friends yeah. now. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's established very early on that uh, Dan knows that Herbert is the worst, but when his girlfriend says, hey, he he should move out, like you should not let him live here, he's like, fuck you, bitch. He's going to. <laughs> We're going to love each other forever. <laughs> that's friendship that's fucking friendship Tompkins the final nominee is Jennifer and Inga from Phenomena yeah this one's tough I mean and this is on screen not off screen duo <laughs> yeah off screen they are not a great duo unless well I mean that's I mean how many classic like oh behind the scenes they couldn't stand each other but that's what fueled their chemistry well it's just because Jennifer got with Inga's boy yeah a different also, monkey a different monkey this is what I was trying to say <laughs> Uh, I mean, talk. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, romantic duos in this, but the chemistry 
between Jennifer and Inga. I mean, my God. The whole time when they hug at the end because they've both been through a traumatic thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just knowing how scared Jennifer Connelly was that, I was like, oh, she could act even that young because she yeah. is hugging her and being like, please don't bite me again. Well, it was... <laughs> It wasn't necessarily filmed in chronological order. Nope, in my head it was. <laughs> but still, you can't help by watching they had that and not to, thinking that, like, they couldn't keep it straight. Uh, thinking <laughs> that, like, Jennifer Connelly is right now hugging the person who saw Jennifer Connelly's hand and just said, oh, that has too many fingers, and <laughs> yeah. then just went to town on it. All right, gentlemen, your nominees for on-screen duo of 1985 horror are Charlie and Evil Ed from Fright Night, Dr. Hill and His Head, His Evil Head from Reanimator, Dr. Logan and Bub from Day of the Dead, Herbert and Dan from Reanimator, and Jennifer and Inga from Phenomena. I have the envelope here. Who's going to win? We're fans of monkeys here, so I'm betting Jennifer and Inga. That's such a good bet, dude. We <laughs> fucking love monkeys so much. I, I, I think, uh, I think the, the big duo from Reanimator is, is going to take it, I, and I think it's theirs to lose. Herbert and Dan? Yeah. No, Head and Hill. Or Head and Hill. Herbert and Dan. And the winner is Dr. Hill in his head from ah, Reanimator. We're also pervs. Yeah. <laughs> You're all so lazy. All right. Let's move on to the next award. It's called Best Sex. And mm. Mike. Yeah, it is. As someone who has done a bunch of seasons of Movie of the Year, <laughs> can you say explain? a bunch of sex. <laughs> Obviously, I was not going to do that. <laughs> Can you explain what best sex means? <clears throat> it, it it doesn't yeah, it doesn't mean like healthy necessarily. I don't know. Most scarring, most memorable. Uh how do they come across that these two characters would be having the sex? Like if if the two of us were in a movie and I gave you a purple nurple. That's uh-huh. best not sex. a not a purple nurple, a purple nurple, then that could be nominated, right? For it's just sure. anything it's yeah. anything that like we think looks like sexual stuff because we're, sexual we're stupid. Yeah, if you could throw gauzy curtains over any of it while sex, if, let me tell you, if it makes me want to yoink my doink, it's a friggin' best sex candidate. That's why Ryan and, that, and I don't do purple nurples or anything <laughs> anymore. But but he, yoink his doink means separate the Oreo and lick the cream out and throw away the two it's Oreo so cookie He just makes nonstop eye contact and yeah, the that's noises. Why does he make those noises? <laughs> All right, Tompkins. Uh-huh. I hesitate this, but I'm gonna go. To you, the first nominee for best sex is from Friday the Thirteenth Five. It's the nymphos in the woods. Okay, that had me yonking the doink. Uh, <laughs> Oreos all over the apartment. It's like having Doctor Skin on the podcast. It's like, oh, I give this three and a half boners. Sex so hot it ruined her career. <laughs> well, also her last name was Voorhees in real life. So yes, that's not um, gonna help. No, neither of those. You can't teach a name Voorhees. Uh no, and and honestly, this this gets um uh I would say five out of ten uh yoink the doinks for me. It's it's pretty middle of the pack. Um, you do five see, yoink doinks. I I am in a <laughs> uh, which is actually a lot because I can't do it many more times than that. No, we know. Freaking pass out. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm an appreciator of the female body, and I got to see one, and that's always fun. Yeah. Um, they do <laughs> okay. have sex for uh, approximately three seconds, which is realistic, but, but not 
not in the original cut. This was yes. the original director's cut. It was a six-minute scene of them having sex. Yeah, show me the original director's cut. I'll, I'll bump that up a few uh, yoink yeah. yoinks. I'm sure that you're going to yoink your doink a couple more times <laughs> if you can see six minutes of them having sex. Mike, come on, man. <laughs> Talk, please. <laughs> I, it just, yeah, I'd say, honestly, so forgettable in a forgettable movie. So, so didn't add anything to the film overall. So it's bullshit. Your next nominee, Mike, and this is for you. It's uh, Freddie Fingers Jesse's Face from so, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I'm, I believe it should be best to keep private how many yoinks were doinked during a film. So <laughs> I, I won't grade it on that scale. But uh, yeah, uh, as we all often know, sex is often terrifying and a little painful. And I think this captured that very well. This is, Mike I mean, this can't is share because he can't even add it up. Mike was yoinking his doink until he just about pulled it off. <laughs> This I uh, I feel like anytime anybody touches my face, it feels exactly like this scene. Reg- <laughs> regardless of yoinks and doinks, right? Even if it's how just many, like a cheek caress. How many times has uh, Mike come up to you, sobbing, red faced, going, "I yoinked my doink clean off." <laughs> I live like, that King Missile song. Seventeen or eighteen, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and I always get to perform the surgery. Yeah. So he can yoink again another day. <laughs> All right, Tompkins, your next nominee is from the same movie, from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. It's mm-hmm. Jesse's Dance. <laughs> this, and he uh, does some, he simulates uh, the yoinking of the doink in this with a little... Yeah, uh, so you see what we mean by sex. It's not just like pee-pee in vajiji. It's... Yeah. If you make us think of sex, we're going we're gonna, to gonna get nominated. It, where there's yeah. that Leonardo DiCaprio fucking screenshot from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just point yeah, go, that's oh, sex. That, that, that's sex. Because <laughs> he dances he dances sexually with a pop gun, and then the pop and the pop gun comes out. And yep. I was like, oh, that's cum. That cork that's is sex. cum. Yeah. Um, the, the cork is cum. And yeah, and then his parents come in and are like, what are you doing in here? It'd be less embarrassing if he was jerking off. Yeah. yeah. Dancing like that. <laughs> yeah. He's, cause You're going to make starts... the best dad, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It starts because he's unpacking his room, which obviously will get one quite horned up um, because you're touching so many little objects. And, and so, sometimes I'll, I'll, I will call masturbation unpacking my room. So. Yes. <laughs> I call it touching little objects. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, so then he cannot help but shake his, his booty just a little and then the booty shaking itself can be quite sensual and he gets worked up and before you know it he is thrusting Ryan you were right to try to cut that off <laughs> Mike, Mike the next nominee is from Phenomena it's uh, when Jennifer puts a bug on her hand and the doctor's like oh that fucking and the bug just goes to town on her hand and yep. also Jennifer at the same time is like gotta say Kind of like it. <laughs> the pure lust in her eyes and in that bug's <laughs> yeah. uh, booty shaking. But it really is the doctor's reaction that lets us all know. This is sex. She's like, is this a roach? And he's like, no, it's a cockroach. And yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Should we uh, move on? Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Tom is a, <laughs> the final nominee for best sex is from Eternal Living Dead. And it's when Trash just stays naked for the entire movie. Uh, 
girl, let me tell you, she has one full human set of skin. <laughs> it covers every inch of her muscles. That is somehow Keeping creepier than if you were. Yeah, this is so much her. worse. <laughs> I will say, like, it feels it's... like that you're like instead of jerking off, you're like sizing her up for a lampshade. <laughs> it, it, it it did like. It, there was world building because one of the other punks is like, oh, Trash is getting naked again. So this is like a yeah. reoccurring thing. Yeah. And he rolled his eyes. Yeah. He was like, he's uh, over it. And yeah. Then, which is the, like, yeah. uh, other guys pull out road flares and like just dance around. And they do, this is like punks be punks, man. They're just dancing in a graveyard. That's the kind of shit when, when me and my punk friends are hanging out. We go to the graveyard, take off the clothes, and there's all of that skin. Yeah, they're all the punks, and you're the guy in the ill-fitting suit who's there for some reason. <laughs> Tompkins is the guy, the leader, who looks off into the distance, and he's just like, I don't know if it's worth it to wear these chains anymore. I don't think people understand how important these chains and all of these spiky things are. All right, your nominees are, from Friday the 13th, 5, The Nippos in the Woods. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy Fingers, Jesse's Face. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Jesse's Dance. Phenomena, Jennifer and the Bug on Her Hand. And Return of the Living Dead, Trash Stays Naked for the Entire Time. Gentlemen, what's the best sex scene of 85 Horror? Bug, bug, bug. I think I think Trash probably takes it. And your winner is... It's Jesse's Dance from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. <laughs> Jesse, Which I think yes. says so much. Jesse's dance. I wish I had Jesse's dance. I wish I had those moves. All right. Instead of taking a break, we're going to eliminate another movie. Gentlemen, it is time. And I know that a lot of us wanted this to be the final, but it won't be. It's happening now. It's Day of the Dead versus Return of the Living Dead. They did me. Yes. That's awesome. And they smooched just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, in the fight, they smooch just a little bit, just like any street fight should. It it, it really is like, do you want to go with like Romero has come out as the Godfather, and the very the more serious of the films, or a movie that's like, remember, zombies can be fun. I re- yeah, I really yeah. do think that if we took a poll, it really says a lot about what you want from a horror movie, right? Based on how you vote in this poll. Yeah, like I think that they are equally. You know, we're always talking about like setting your bar. Like, what is the movie that you want to make? And do you clear that bar? Or do you hit the bar? These movies both cleared their bar. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both good. But they're so, such different bars that it, it, it basically comes down to like personal preference. Yeah. And I, and I got to. Mm-hmm. Both of you just... at the same time go. <laughs> okay. So the thing is, uh, Day of the Dead, um, it's like, uh, it, it is the underdog here, I think. I think most people would. Day be of like, the oh, Dead? But... Yeah. I disagree. Sorry, I, I think ahead. I think most people like if you opened this up to the public, which you would never do. Uh, They're idiots. They're so yeah. stupid. Would be like Day of the Dead. Oh my god, that one's so much worse than the others. Like such a like I. It, it does not have the cult following. It seems that Return of the Living Dead has. So that gives me like a natural affinity for it. Specific, you know, I like to root for the underdog. I'm something of an underdog myself. Um, even though I'm so strong and brave. Uh, so so that makes me root for it a little bit more the the tough thing for me is that you know we're talking about like oh it's almost like they're two opposites but just a little bit return of the living dead eats day of the dead's uh lunch on this because it has 
it does like the existential world is really no shit ending thing. I would say like kind of just as well as Day of the Dead does. All interesting stuff. Thanks, Tompkins. But Mike, I'll go to you. Could Reanimator come in here and beat both movies? <laughs> I, I don't think that's allowed in the rules there, Ryan. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> the board handed down. Here's how all brackets have always worked. So. I kind of think, though, that Tompkins, that you hit on something of, I'm trying to, to now remember from the two movies, which of the two had the most like stupid-ass boring scenes. And they both, all of these movies had a lot. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, like, what was the best, which one was just the stupidest for the longest? Day. Day was stupider longer. Return of Living Dead is zippier. I think there's more memorable characters that aren't agonizing to watch and be around. Uh, See, that's that's hard for me, though, because they're doing two different things. Like you said, like, Return of the Living Dead is, is zippier. So, so like, you know, it, it, it has an inside track on that, whereas... Uh, Day of the Dead is like trying to build like more of a a gloomy atmosphere, and yeah, so, but then it ruins it with the two hyenas. Yeah, like, I mean, like, do you got? I mean, like, it basically like evil Mario and evil Luigi, and I wish that we had a word for those. What would you call an evil Mario and an evil Luigi? If only there Eorio. was Oreo, an Oreo, an evil Luigi. Um, they're terrible, and like, yeah. they actually pull away from. What uh, what is it? Richard Liberty mm-hmm. is doing because his I think that his is like a, a different tone but still comedic tour de force, and those two motherfuckers are like they're just they're from a different movie but in a very very bad way, yeah. you know. And George Romero's going to take all this time to like build up this thing where like now we're going to take zombie movies more seriously than they have ever been taken, and then yeah, the two hyenas like it sucks. It sucks when they're on screen and not in, like a cool like. Joffrey from Game of Thrones, I like rooting against him way, just suck. Yeah, they just they, suck. They suck the air of the room I, where the comedy in Return of the Living Dead, I think, is more naturally built in without taking out of the film. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, die on this hill for no reason. I, I don't necessarily think that they meant were meant to be going for comedy. I think that they were meant to be just like uh going for like overly macho and abrasive and difficult to be around and i do think that they perform a sort of like function in like the tone building of the movie because you see them and you're like fuck like i'm stuck with them yeah <laughs> like, but that, that kind of thing like i get that they oppress the main character like it's very hard for her to be around them but that doesn't mean i should feel the same way the whole movie cuz you're still trying I- to be entertaining Unless that was sort of the plot or the plan, you know, like I like I can see it in such a way where like George A. Romero sort of wanted to make it so like you're rooting for this. Like these people are so awful that you're rooting for the zombies. Mm-hmm. And like when he does that, he sort of gets off on that. But that is the bar that he set, you know, whereas on the flip side, Return of the Living Dead sort of set their bar in such a way where they can get away with anything. You know, it doesn't matter what the characters act like. This is isn't this stupid? This is all stupid. So they, he gets away with a lot more stuff than Dan O'Bannon gets away with a lot more stuff than George can. Yeah, but sense? like if you're just comparing that to them, but like House also thinks it's doing that isn't this stupid and is not is a failure in that way. We're returning the living dead. I think the whole isn't this stupid? I can do anything is a lot harder to pull off than it seems. I agree. It's the opposite of Mike's doink. It's a yoink? 
Oh, because it's not. It's, it's hard. It's easier hard to, to pull, pull off. off than it than it seems. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm gonna call it because I do think that this conversation could be really good for a long time, and that's not how we podcast. Like we <laughs> no. we cut that shit out, and then we just talk about other stupid shit. So doinks and boinks. Doinks and boinks. <laughs> I don't know. This is a hard one. Like I honestly, when I call this to a vote. I do not know what I'm going to say if it comes to my turn. I know. Mike, I, you, you are have up. the extreme privilege of going third. I am Day up. or return. Uh, I was... I, I hadn't seen return since high school. I've seen Day more recently and knew I liked that one. I was shocked how much I fucking love Return of the Living Dead. And I feel like it is oft forgotten in, in zombie talks. And it should not be. It's dope. This movie's great. Are you here to promote your new podcast, Zombie Talks? Zombie Talks. <laughs> Tompkins. I'm yes. sorry, what? I was just uh, reaffirming my vote is for Return of the Living Dead. Tompkins, you are up. Well, there's an easy choice for me to make, which is <laughs> okay. to let Ryan choose by saying Day of the Dead. Are you serious right now? Yep. But that's not your actual choice. I it could honestly go either way for me. It's really tough to decide, and uh, I'm curious critic. to see what what Ryan has to say about it. I ain't no Jay, fucking critic. Jay Sherman over here. All right. Well, Tompkins, what you have done is you have made it that Return of the Living Dead moves on to the final two. Yes, I'm happy with that. I just uh, Day of the Dead was serious in all of the best ways and all of the worst ways. It didn't make it sort of like it was a boring movie. And Return of the <laughs> Return of Living Dead is just uh yeah. Like that's what we want to see, right? And it's 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 a knowing way of making trash, including writing a character named Trash. So we have our final two. It is Fright Night versus Return of the Living Dead. When we come back, the final awards for Best Actor and Best Actress. And who will be the best movie of nineteen eighty five horror? All right, we are back. I just want to let everybody know that we appreciate female actors more than probably any other podcast, and we're on record for that. We have three nominees for Best Actress. And, Mike, you can vouch for this, right? In every season of Movie of the Year, have we never not even been able to make a top five? No, this might be the first time we have not been able to make a top five. (laughs) All right, Mike is vouched. And I vouch too. Tompkins, the first nominee is Lordy Cardell from Day of the Dead. Yeah, strong choice. I mean, and and uh, a small field still, still wait, still manages to be a standout. Uh, would would stand out even if it was a big field, a big wide open field with amber waves of gray. And she uh, patriotic. Yes, <laughs> that's the time for that, right? Um, she. Like we talked about this before, like the 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 character, I think as it's written, is pretty like archetypical, um, and I think she does a really good job of like kind of splitting the difference between that and creating a more like personal performance. Um, she doesn't have a lot to work with as far as like personalizing this role because she's mostly just playing like uh, 
you know, stock put upon woman, you know? Yeah. But she, she does great with what she's got. She she injects so much history that the way she reacts to different individuals, you can tell how long they've been here and how many different kinds of interactions she's had with them. Uh, And it's all pretty subtle stuff. Yeah. I think she helps make the movie more like, today you know like more present of just like somebody being alive today and being like what the fuck are you guys talking about yeah you know well, like talking about like the hyena acting and stuff like there's so many scenes where someone's like <laughs> and she has to be like guys please don't like like <laughs> like is what but, if we but, just didn't yeah but more than that like there there are so many scenes like where where the the feeling is she is the only one keeping everything together Mm -hmm. like if she reacted the way they did even once it would be the end of the human experiment (laughs) and so like all of this weight is upon her and they are like threatening to kill her and assault her and shit and she's still a raper yeah like yeah like just 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 head down level like Guys, come on, let's think about this. Like to be the only voice of reason. And so like that 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 like essentially like understated performance in the midst of just like 50 cartoon characters is also I think really impressive. Yeah. And like she's married to in the movie, but she has all these men who are like so alpha all the time. Everyone, almost everyone in this movie listens to the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> and, and then she happens to be married to the person who is like traditionally the weakest and she has to also be like no come on baby you got this right like uh be stronger because yeah. i need you here I, like needs her to be stronger and then resents her so much for it oh yeah oh for sure and as and i think th- the only person in the movie that does wind up uh hitting her yeah yeah and that's what like this movie injects the history through in all the characters because it's obvious like You've seen this guy break down in another zombie movie, and we just happened to tune in at the right before his breakdown, like or in the yeah. middle of the breakdown, instead of him being from normal to not. Just the way she and other people talk about him, you're like, oh, he used to be like a chill dude. <laughs> Mike, your favorite movie of all time is Labyrinth. Your yes. favorite TV show of all time is Snowpiercer. Your Fact. favorite thing to yoink your doink to is the double dildo <laughs> scene from Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Are you going to be able to talk about Jennifer Kalani? <laughs> Jennifer Kalani. Klugeluger's daughter, Jennifer Kalani. Her performance in Phenomena. Is this a good performance, or is, just the, is this just like an actress that we've heard of before? I think it has to be difficult to be the one native English speaker in a, in a giant group of people speaking a thousand other languages. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think... The kind of ostracization that Jennifer the character is feeling, I think Jennifer the actress probably was feeling as well, and I think picks it up pretty well. Like, it's not fireworks here, but I think you don't go to Connolly for fireworks. You do kind of go to, like, react like pretty chill and a normal reaction to things, please. Can we, like, uh, Tompkins, I don't remember if we talked about this on the Phenomena show, but can we put an end to having the name of the character be the name of the actress? Yeah, We did not, but we can. That's... That's fucking stupid. Let's not do that. Don't like. Yeah. So she doesn't get to win. <laughs> that Yeah, no, that's it. Tompkins, the final nominee. And yeah, that's it. There's only three. Yep. Three lead actresses. The final nominee is from Friday the 13th, five, a new beginning. 
It's Kim Myers, who is a woman who spent a lot of the movie with a small child. And I really thought that they were going to hook up at the end of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that this performance was like the, the thing about, yeah, this genre at this time is so misogynist that it's like, like, what do we even do? Like, she does, I, I think, perfectly fine if 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 the field were were broader um maybe uh my brain just totally froze up because yeah like, uh, joke about right. bro- joke about broads uh <laughs> come I, on, I was something. thinking it too but i was in the middle of a sentence <laughs> yeah so i was just allowed to think it whereas yeah. we all had to watch and listen to you think it i'm sorry um, anyways I, w- I think she does fine but it's such a just fucking garbage heap movie I will say this, just to pull the curtain back a little bit. Not only is this category crazy because we couldn't come up with five nominees, but uh, in no other award tonight that we're doing, did one person receive 100% of the last place votes, like Kim Myers from Friday the 13th Part 5 did. 100% of them. Yeah, right, gentlemen. It's not necessarily an insult to her or her performance. It's just, yeah. Uh, an unfortunate uh, side effect of everything. <laughs> oh, I meant mine as an insult. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah. On record, Mike. On record. Me uh, too. Your nominees are Lori Cardle, Day of the Dead, Jennifer Connelly, Phenomena, and Kim Myers from Friday the 13th Part 5. Mike, what's going to win? Uh, Linda Cardellini from Day of the Dead. <laughs> Tompkins. Uh, I think it's uh, Belinda Tortellini from Day of the Dead. <laughs> You guys are making me hungry for Olive Garden. <laughs> I would eat both of those. And the winner is it's Jennifer Connolly from Phenomena. Wow. Jennifer Connolly won. Snap. Yeah. You knew her the most. Finally. Jennifer Connolly. Jennifer Connolly. I can say her name correctly. It's Jennifer Connolly. Jennifer Moving Connelly. right along. It's best actor. Gentlemen, here are the nominees. Lots Bruce for this. Abbott. One. Bruce Abbott from Reanimator. And Bruce Abbott is the guy who does not bring pencils. He is the guy who takes the roommate in. And this guy got nominated for Best Actor. So maybe <laughs> we're not doing that great uh, with actor. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's clearly not the stronger half of, of that duo. It's really, it's does your hair look more like Sam Malone's? I'm going to vote for you to be Best Actor. <laughs> Well, like because, you were a child of the eighties. <laughs> the 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 thing about that do and I guess it also says something about his chance that it's like impossible to talk about him without uh bringing in his buddy. But it's it's he plays like the normie kinda, you know, like th- there's not as much to his character. He he is a, a normal doctor who if this other like force didn't come to his life would just be like a a a doctor ass doctor who really wants to save people's lives and that's like his thing but then he gets sucked into this um i i think he wants to be normal i think there is an underlying thing you don't get sucked into herbert shit unless you like i think there is a cold ambition in him that he kind of tries to hide or stifle like he wishes he was normal but there's a reason he's like no girlfriend you're wrong herbert should live here like which is kind of interesting too like sort of making this the best movie of the year uh that like (laughs) doesn't that also shine a light on the fact that he is dating the dean's daughter and maybe he's not in love with her but like this is just how he rolls oh this is the smartest scientist i will i don't care what he does to my ethics and then also here's the dean's daughter maybe that i will 
get in with the school better if I date her. Yeah, I think he he's actually going to be the one to grow up to be the next Doctor Hill more than Herbert. Your next we'll nominee is Herbert. Animator two to find out. Beyond Does Reanimator. Herbert blow Bruce Abbott out of the water? Yeah, no, 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 no offense to Bruce, but Bruce uh, can suck my whole shit. Uh, Herbert is uh, is the shit. Uh, he wins. <laughs> is is Bruce Abbott just the Costello to their meeting Doctor Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Your next nominee, Mike, this is for you. It's Klugeluger from Re- Return of the Living Dead. Mm. And Klugeluger is the mortuary owner? No, he's the older guy who just like ties up all of the businesses in the alley. And they say, like, we have to work together so as to not get... Right. He's nuked. the Okay, he's the actual owner of the medical supply shop. And also, at the same time, being the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that part, though. I think... <laughs> Klugeluger, uh, one best name for sure, and yeah, he the, he has this weird like businessman like here's what we got to do. Okay, mm, you tell me about this movie, but it's different than real life. Okay, let's do this. Like just the way he responds to everything, I really respect here. He rolls with all the craziness. Hey Tompkins, remember that text that you sent me about what you found out about Klugeluger? No, no, uh, that he was the guy in the back of the taxi cab at the beginning of tangerine yes who throws up everywhere <laughs> yes so klugeluger has had a career yeah klugeluger very important to our our film uh watching careers tompkins your next nominee for best actor is mark Patton from nightmare on elm street too i i have to say that for this one the uh the documentary hurts his chances <laughs> it shouldn't um and it's tough because like in the documentary like obviously you feel bad for his story you know like awful awful things happen to him but you're also just like listening to talk about it and and being like i don't know if you're a good person (laughs) i don't think he is but i would say that he was definitely game the entire time right like yeah whatever they asked him to do he did it and like he jumped on that bed and he, he pulled that, that dance. he yeah. did that dance. <laughs> and and that's I, what I, I want from an actor. I will say like uh this is more from the documentary but you know the the moment where he talks about how you know like when he's confronting the the writer and they're talking about the dance the the now infamous dance and he says like why like you know I I'm just there acting and like why couldn't someone have pulled me aside and said like yeah this isn't this isn't working it's not doing you know and and like i don't there is so much like genuine uh human sadness bound up in that that moment um it's crazy too because at, right about this time we had risky business right With, that yeah. had another dance that was famous both to hetero and homosexuals right like it was it was a big deal that dance it's very yeah. iconic uh as iconic as that dance is it is I, i'm going to guess one tenth of the screen time as this guy on screen do like the dance goes on forever. That's a that's kind of a I feel like a theme throughout like almost all eight of these movies is like some version of a dance scene that is just stupidly long. Do you think it's because that they hit eighty two minutes and they were like, Well, we have to be eighty nine minutes? Yeah. So they just added <laughs> more dancing. Yeah, yeah. Just seven minutes of dancing. 
Mike, your next nominee for Best Actor is William Ragsdale from Fright Night. This is the guy from Herman's Head. This is the kid who is best friends with the evil Ed, who is the main character, basically. He is the main character, but I think it is a little bit of Seinfeld syndrome. There's so many other interesting performances going around him that his is pretty forgettable. Do you think that he does a good job with what he is given, which is just basically to like look at all of the other more interesting people? Yeah, he doesn't take you out of it. And it is interesting to say the hero of it is kind of selfish and whiny. Like, there yeah. is a take on Charlie that's not a normal horror movie hero. Because he, he really does mistreat every other character in the movie. Literally Like everybody. the mom, his girlfriend, <laughs> his best friend, uh, his neighbor, everybody. He's just like, eh, him. I hate you. I'm Charlie. Mm. This is my movie. Get on my movie. Hey. And Tompkins, finally, it's uh, the final nominee is Chris Sarandon, also from Fright Night. <sighs> Love this performance. Love Chris Sarandon. Love uh, that he gave Susan Sarandon his name. He didn't have to do that. <laughs> he didn't have to let her but have it. But now we hate Susan Sarandon, though. Do we? Oh, yeah. Uh, N- well... A bunch of people seem to think that uh, because she has uh, political opinions, she is responsible for, I don't know, apparently every bad thing that's ever happened. Yeah, she got Trump nominated and then won and then wrote the Harry Potter books. Fuck yeah. that chick, dude. <laughs> that's crazy. She should not have done those things. It's great. I like whatever. Now that we brought, I, I the 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 vitriol people have for her is wild. I I really truly don't understand it for for voting for fucking Jill Stein in California. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Holy shit! Who cares? Uh, uh, it's it's Doctor Jill Stein's sponsor. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Chris Sarandon. He's he, like this. This is the type of role he was clearly like meant to play. And it's a little bit sad that we didn't get more Chris Sarandon villain movies because he's. So I agree. Because he, so that's two iconic ones on the yeah. resume, right? Like yeah. two all timers. I didn't know that Fright Night was an all timer, but now I do. So he's got Fright Night and Princess Bride of just being like the biggest bastard, like mm-hmm. the the most like I hate you, but do I? Two of and those smile rules, at me, please. Yeah. And and in both, like in similar ways that like. Uh, that sinister prince charming kind of vibe, mm-hmm. uh, very strong. And he, yeah, he just like really works that role. Also, I love the whole movie. No matter what, when the movie is taking place, he's always out of a catalog for autumn. You know, he's got those <laughs> scarves and he's got those boots and those gloves, and just like he's just always dressed for a perfect autumn picnic. <laughs> and I really like that. It's vampire magic, baby. Is that vampire? Is that what they do? Yeah, they, oh, just, yeah. they, they just know exactly what outfit to wear for the season. They drink blood and they dress for autumn. All right, gentlemen, it's a weird category. And I'm all out of autumn. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Best Actress had three, Best Actor has six. I feel like that's the kind of people we are. So your nominees are Bruce Abbott and Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator, Kluga Luger from Return Clearly. of the Living Dead, Mark Patton from Nightmare on Elm Street, and then William Ragsdale and Chris Sarandon from Fright Night. Gentlemen, who do we think is taking this award? My boy, Chris. Yeah, I think the Saran rap. (laughs) (laughs) So Mike won up to you, Tompkins, on Chris Sarandon nicknames. Where are you going to go with that? (laughs) Uh, Hold on. Chris Chris Saran. 
uh, Dunn did himself a pretty damn good performance. Oh, shit. Now Tompkins one up to you, Mike. Where are you going to go with that? <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> Chris, I'm fine with that Sarandon is where Mike is going to land, and I love it. All right. The envelope, please. It's Chris Sarandon, yeah. and I think that this could be argued as a supporting role, but it's because of the performance. He just steps in and he says, "Like I don't care about screen time. Yeah. I am going to be the lead performer of this movie." Yeah, I I, I think uh, one of many categories that the Oscars should offer is like best upstaging. <laughs> and so it's this an is... internally yeah. <laughs> competitive award. Well, I yeah, well, like. You know, like a role that is meant to be, uh, you know, smaller, but the actor just fucking takes over. Yeah. The Urkel uh, Award. Yes. Urkel Award. Yes. Your Jesse um, Plemons is. is, is. I love me. I love the performance, too, because like so many monsters are like, I'm sorry, I'm a monster. Here's what I do. But he's like, it's that he, he's just a monster and then just gets annoyed all the time. It's like, yeah. stop. Stop trying to fight me. Yeah. Fuck. You're like. It just like puts people's heads against the wall and just like, please, can I just if be a you monster? Do not stop annoying me. I will either kill or fuck your mom. And it's really <laughs> Up not to you, Charlie. clear which I'm going for. Probably some sort of combo. <laughs> I don't know which one I would pick. <laughs> if I had like if I thought of my mom as a sexual person, I'd rather just her die. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, that's sad. All right, gentlemen. She has needs too, Ryan. Congratulations to Fright yeah, Night for winning Best Actor. And I think, like, what, four or five awards tonight? Fright yeah. Night cleaned up. Yeah. But now it comes down to this. It comes down to Reanimator versus Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll just I'll, real... I'll read the script. Uh, what it comes down to is Day of the Dead. No, I'm sorry. Return of the Living Dead versus... Fright Night. Guys, what is the horror movie of 1985? This one's tough. This, this, because, so, in the um, other show no one cares about, uh, it, it, which I, 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 it was Come and See versus uh, Back to the Future. Was that the, the most twisted uh, of combinations, right? Maybe, yeah. I think I that know. came up and it's like really uh, forces you to question like, you know, do I value having fun and like the big picture cinematic experience or it or is the fact that this other movie is like I'm going to like permanently break something inside you like which, which of those do I really care about? But here, like the interesting thing is like the two most I think authentically fun movies made it all the way to the end and got to the other but but it's still two very different types of fun and funny yeah if this was phenomena versus uh day of the dead yeah i'd be like all right gentlemen we have we have reached peak movie dipshit asshole and (laughs) now we're just like trying to figure out like uh who to impress but like we we did cut all of those movies those like very serious movies and fuck them these two, I think, I don't know. Like, Reanimator is obviously better than both, but <laughs> I, I think if you, like pound for pound, the movie that stays tonally the same and like knows what it wants to do the whole time is Return of the Living Dead. 
uh, I think it just clear it it walks the horror comedy line the best out of all of the eight movies and more than Fright Night and is just I don't know there's something fascinatingly compelling about it that uh, Fright Night I love but does not have that same thing for me. It's just the thing that, that like, I'm thinking about Return mm-hmm. is that if like if we're if we're talking about like watching a story we're like and we want like stuff to happen. Return doesn't really have that. Like, it's not as much of like uh, somebody dies, somebody dies, somebody dies as Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. But it sort of is like set up a premise and then set piece after set piece after set piece. Whereas Fright Night sort of a lot of stuff does hinge and change on the characters and what they throw into the movie. Yeah. Even though I think that it is flailing, even though I think that it is a more insecure movie. Then Return of the Living Dead. Uh, I don't know. I, I also so so I, I talked about before about how this movie has that kind of like mid eighties it factor, and I'm I I still cannot quite pinpoint what exactly goes into that, but like this has like a big time movie fun feel that is like also what you get in like back to the future or in, you know, it's not as like big budget or whatever, but the, the sense of like, we are at the movies to have fun and, and the specific ways that it brings that out are so satisfyingly eighties. I think, uh, that is, Fright Night's biggest advantage over Return of the Living Dead. I know, but Return of the Living Dead like tricks you. Like it's yeah. all fun all the time, and then you're like, "Oh man, now I have to leave with this thing. I have to leave with this thought." And I love that. I, like, yeah, that's sort of what I want. You know, the yeah. Sucker punch at the end. I, I think that that the '80s ineffableness you're talking about, Tompkins. It's the kids versus adults. That's that's yeah. super '80s. Like yeah. it is just like that's a big the, part the, of it. the dark side of it. Um. And, but th- then, like, well, ha- like what what movie is not that though? Like, I think these two movies both handle kids versus adults perfectly, right? Well, this is Return of the Living Dead is like, uh, sorry, I'm choking. Go ahead, finish um, your yawn. <laughs> Return of the Living Dead is uh, like young adults versus old adults more. It's like. Uh, you know, younger crusty punks, but they have like jobs and and shit. Whereas, um, yeah, like that that eighties thing of like now kids who are actually my age, or at least supposed to be my age, uh, are the stars of these movies. Fright Night definitely has more of the more of that. But like, th- so the thing is, so 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 to me, that is what makes it hard to go lean too far away from Fright Night. But Return of the Living Dead is also like. Super 80s relevant. We talked about it, like the the Cold War stuff. And it, it's just like it's 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 so fun in a different way. And so so the other thing too is we have to it's not just 85, it is the 85 horror season. And if Fright Night is like more perfectly like 80s, Return of the Living Dead is more perfectly 80s horror. Like uh, it, uh, that, like, like kind the of goofiness of the scares, kind of yeah. The the low fi I see what you're saying, but like the goofiness. But Fright Night is like in the suburbs, and it's when you think everything is perfect, but it's not. You know, yeah. Return of the Living Dead goes to like actually more seventy stuff of like when things are scary, they're always going to be scary. 
Like when yeah. you're in that alleyway where it's only bad businesses, but and the zombies are just like send more cops, yes, <laughs> dude. Which that's an all timer. That's a fucking home run right there. <laughs> send more cops, and then on the other side they're like, alrighty, all right, thousand cops coming your way. But Fright Night, I think, hits that thing of like, but it'll never hit the suburbs. <gasps> oh my god, it's hit the suburbs. It's I think that's house. more of an eighties thing. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp for like 15 seconds while you guys make your decisions, and this is it. It's Return of the Living Dead, 1985 versus Fright Night, 1985. Mike, what is the 1985 horror movie of the year? In our farts and in our hearts, it's Return of the Living Dead. Interesting, Tompkins. Man. Talk us it, through it. Talk us through it. Is that, he gave you fifteen seconds. I I know I know what my choice is, but it is so hard to let go of the other one. Like it is so unfair that a movie has to lose this. I really enjoyed. Why can't and got they all fun. win? I can't. They oh, all Tompkins, win. let me help you out real quick. You can't say Reanimator. Uh, yeah, and I wouldn't. Um, am I allowed to say me? I mean. That's a very Tompkins thing. The Tompkins birth <laughs> movie from 1985. It is horrifying. Um, I, I, it, it is Return of the Living Dead, but God, do I hate to see that's shocking. I didn't know Fright he was Night that go, but God, do I love to watch it walk away. <laughs> Bonus segment. Here we go. Return of the Living Dead wins 1985 horror. It goes up against Brazil. The 1985 non-horror movie of the year. Uh, Tompkins, you have some thoughts on Brazil. I would like to hear none of them. Mike, what are Tompkins' <laughs> thoughts on Brazil? Uh, he definitely thinks that Sam is the hero, but everybody he sees himself in Sam is dumb because oh, how could we all be the guy who God. sees through the bullshit? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> all right, Tompkins, so I'm going to go to you. Return of the Living Dead or Brazil? Um... You know what? I'm going to say reanimator. <laughs> what a chaos causer. Who can control this person? Mike? Nobody. It's 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 clearly Brazil. Brazil it's also Brazil. is scarier than all the eight movies in the 1985 <laughs> horror category. Congratulations to Return of the Living Dead for winning 1985, a horror movie of the year. I did not see that coming. Like, not, like, not just... Before the season, but like even before we recorded this episode, I did not think that was going to happen. Uh, can you guys do some Googling for me, please? Yes. yes. Get to that computer. Uh, Tompkins, I'll start with you. Where can we find Kate Dellis, co-host of the Day of the Dead episode? We can find Kate Dellis on Twitter at uh, Kate underscore Dellis, D-E-L-L-I-S. Mike Simone Norman was the co-host of Phenomena episode where can we find her i believe she's on twitter it's at, at y simone y. y yeah the, oh just cut me off at, as i said it that's fine. i know it better because she's my best friend but i i was saying it don't care I did it and it tuning don't out care. the news don't care i'm oh, sorry mike uh tompkins was stepping on your lines what where, yeah. where else can you find her he was saying don't care while i was trying to get people to watch simone's uh satirical news show tuning out the news but tompkins doesn't care because they're best friends simone's biggest credit is tompkins best friend oh my god (laughs) 
That's the fucking millstone hanging around her neck. Tom Gates. Yeah. And Mike, don't interrupt. Don't prove what a simp you are for C. Craig Patterson. Don't prove that you would ruin <laughs> your entire life and relationship just hanging out with C. Craig Patterson. Uh, Tom Kids, where can we find C. Craig Patterson? I met C. Craig before Tompkins did. What? I met I met I met him before Tompkins did. We can find C. Craig on Instagram. Yeah, but I got closer to him just like I do everyone else we both meet. At uh, a New York story. Not me. Word. Yeah, well, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Mike, the the co-host, the co-panelist of the uh, uh, Nightmare 2 episode was Taylor Wilhite. How do we find him? Oh, man. Taylor Wilhite. Where can you find him? Taylor talking Taylor. No, that's not going anymore. Hat News. No, he gave up on the, that. Too. No, this is not a time for you to insult Taylor. <laughs> oh. It's at a T-Money Bagels. At T-Money Bagels. And... Uh, Watch his delightful root beer float or yeah. just root beer uh, critiques. They're 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 really getting us through quarantine. I <laughs> Tom, told him to do a new one, and he did it like an idiot. Because <laughs> which? <laughs> why would you do Such that? A mean Be- bully. Because yeah, like why would you set that precedent? Especially seeing the way like he sees how I treat you two, and he still. <laughs> didn't put up that first strong barrier and now i'm just inside forever i wonder though if i would just enjoy my life more if i just did what you guys told me instead of saying oh did you guys say to do something did you guys tell me to like brush my teeth or get health insurance (laughs) no never i'll never that's why you're our tar man (laughs) tompkins Mm -hmm. uh our fright night show was Mm -hmm. co-hosted by sam weinman how do we get in touch with him we can find Sam Weinman at Sam Weinman on Twitter, and he is the director for of uh, Shutter's upcoming queer horror doc. Um, and keep keep an eye out for that. Follow his Twitter and follow uh, at Shutter. And we're gonna have him back, and when his movie comes out, and we're gonna see if we can like talk about queer horror. After watching the documentary, that's what I love to do. Like, yeah. oh, I've seen this movie, so I know all about queer horror. Thank you, Sam Weinman. Don't worry about it. We're going to have him Mike. back so I can confront him about not following me back on Twitter. And Mike, you should have him on your show, uh, <laughs> Talking so Jello. Talking Jello, because uh, he really does look and talk a lot like you, but way better and way more handsome. Yeah. yeah it's infuriating knowing that there's just a better version of me out there. And Mike, you've been like really working on yourself lately. And I mean, this is like a true, genuine, you are my friend comp. Like, like I admire so much, like the fact that you, like you are out like in nature, walking your dog, like truly living your best life with your, your wonderful dog and wife. Uh, you've been putting a ton of work into your own like health. Like you eat very healthy, you exercise. <laughs> I love uh, this excitement. <laughs> and you did all that to like kiss the bottom of Sam Weinman's feet. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a he's a talented and handsome man. I, <laughs> Mike, I love that you put a goal in front of you, and it was to look like the uh, the person who was most passionate about every neighborhood security guard like, <laughs> job. Like, just like, who watches the neighborhood the most? It's a guy that looks like Mike. Mike, tell us about Christina Ellsberg. She was the co-panelist on Fred 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. Uh, Christina, you can follow her uh, at Great Christini 
mm-hmm. like the bread C R O S T I N I. And you said, tell you about her. So yeah, uh, tell us I, about her. I thought we were becoming closer friends, and then she like just stopped returning texts. So I guess it was always about. Oh my god. <laughs> So, I can't. I, I'm trying I to Tom Tompkins, Tompkins here. <laughs> yeah, I fucking. I can't believe that I've set up my life around two people. Who all, the only reason they exist is if I say a name, they will say how they don't. Speak how come they anymore. don't like me more? Here's how they've wronged me. Why are all these people not liking me more? I feel like a Care Bear that hangs out with two torn up teddy bears, just like eyes hanging out and stuffing coming out, just being like. Right, come on. Take to me. Uh, and Tompkins, finally, the last guest that I want to give uh, a, a tribute to is Alex from Beyond the Void, who uh, talked to us about Return of the Living Dead. How do we talk to Alex? Uh, yeah, I'm sure that he would be uh, overjoyed that his movie won. Uh, you can find Beyond the Void um, at uh, BTV Cast on Twitter. And he was a. Like, the two of us liked it, but he was a super fan, right? Like, he would be stoked that yes. that movie took the fucking whole thing down. Yes. Um, and I miss Alex, especially doing a show with Mike. I miss Alex, you know? Like, oh, God, I do another imagine That would have been so great. That would have been wonderful, yeah. I bet he wouldn't have gone along with your doink-yoinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, to Kate to, to Kate, to Simone, to C. Craig, to Taylor, to Sam, to Christina, to Alex, I want to thank all of them for making this horror season happen. Uh, Mike, thank you for I'm doing... i guest. Shut the oh, fuck up. <laughs> I am in the middle of a... I was going to say, we're at the perfect point, and like, this is the exact right level, where we are 25% legitimately offended. Uh, yeah. Fucking... <laughs> uh, Mike's going to get a text at 3.30. Like, why would you interrupt me like that? What does that say about our friendship? <laughs> Do you not want to be friends anymore? I'm going to straight up ask Mike, do you not want to be friends anymore? And he has to respond, yes or no, or maybe. Oh, man. I've been waiting for this exit for so many years. And then to Mike for not only being on the house show, but uh, also on these two shows. So thank you, Mike. You're welcome. And where can we find Mike? Lost in in the woods. Fucking graveyard when I'm done with him. (laughs) Just tits out, dancing. And Tompkins, yeah. Uh, to you, man. Like uh, this is. I, I do want to tell you what it's been like, and it's not just because Mike is here listening to us talk about each other. But no, that no, actually, that is a big part of it. Uh, I, you have been a wonderful partner and an incredible friend. You have been a uh, a horror uh, scholar and an incredible learner, and mm-hmm. I have grown. And built myself up, and I hope that I've done the same with you. And I've never, I've never talked to somebody, I've never podcasted with somebody quite like you. Like you have been the best person to podcast with that I have ever, 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 ever met. She's and I appreciate you for fucking years now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. And obviously, um, you and I go way back. We have a, a special trip that we go on um, every year, and then occasionally other people join. My God, Tompkins, um, do you remember San Diego? Oh, my God. I'm going to hang up. The San Diego. <laughs> it was wonderful. It yeah. was truly wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being my partner in crime, Ryan, um, and for doing all the crimes with me. 
And I guess the person I want to thank most is myself. Um, I really put myself out there for... Stay tuned, each, Mike. I'm back on every, your side very soon. It's every one of these episodes. And I won uh, several of them. And several of them were rigged too strongly against me to... That's yeah. who he reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> just, I've been wondering. <laughs> just there's somebody who's been in the news. You just fucking nailed it. Uh, my army of proud boys are standing by. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, and uh, I truly love uh, both you, Ryan and Mike, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I truly love anyone who somehow listened to all of these with all of us. Um, that's uh that's all that's all the room I have in my heart for is it's just all these people that I love. For Kate, I'm Simone. For C Craig, I'm Taylor. For Sam, I'm Christina. For Alex, I'm Mike. For Tompkins, I'm Mike. For Ryan, I'm Tompkins. For Mike, I'm Tompkins. For Ryan, I'm Mike. Uh congratulations to Return of the Living Dead, the nineteen eighty five horror movie of the year. Did not beat Brazil, but that's okay, bro. Next time. <laughs> Next Round year I think two. you can do it. <laughs> Let's just give them another shot against each other. Uh, but until then, let's get Sleepy Mike to bed and keep watching those movies. <laughs>